Welcome to the Scott Shepard Podcast. I am a man on a mission to create an army of independent writers, creators, and thinkers who make a hell of a living doing what they love. And it all starts with one thing, and that is doing things the old way, the hard way, the deliberate way, the anti-net way. Listen in as I share thoughts and rants of what goes on behind the scenes as I create an independent knowledge empire where I get to spend my days doing what I love, reading, writing, and thinking while making a hell of a living and helping my people do the same. Well, hello, friend. Welcome back to another episode of the Daily Scott Shepherd. This one is coming to you live on a Tuesday at 4.56 post-meridium from Little Italy, San Diego, California. And today is episode number 231. We're going to jump right into things today. And I took that little pause right now to go and look back at my cats, Brodus and Fiona, to make sure that they are not furiously humping one another. And by one another, I really just mean Brodus and his sicko tendencies, which I've had a lot of talks to him about recently. And I really don't want to go into too much more detail on that because I'm going to continue to riff on something and, well, go into a territory and expose Brodus to something in which he's not comfortable with. So without further ado, let's actually talk about the primary theme and goal and content of which I have become obsessed with lately and which I cover, which is Nicholas Lumen's Antinet Zettelkasten, the true Zettelkasten, not the digital offshoot that is essentially plaguing the minds of unsuspecting wanderers into the personal knowledge management space. And I am here, of course, to dispel the myths and teach you the true way to develop your knowledge, develop your mind, and do it in a badass way such that you can proceed to conduct world domination in your own benevolent and intellectual way. So, anywho, yesterday what we talked about was this. I told you how when Nicholas Luhmann actually first started his Zettelkasten, he claims to have started it for one reason, and it is that he has a poor memory. Yet, when he started it, he also only understood one key component and one aspect of human memory and how it works. And there are two aspects of human memory that are fundamental. And the thing that one is trying to correct for and solve for and prevent against whenever they're trying to develop their thought and evolve their thought whether it be in the short term or, even more importantly, 
over a long period of time is that you want to be able to recall and remember information, right? It's pretty obvious. So the core component that you're trying to correct for centers on this aspect and this concept in human memory called interference. Yet, Nicholas Luhmann did not suspect, nor did he expect, that there are really two types of interference. We talked about the first type yesterday. The first type of interference is called retroactive interference. And this means that when you fail to recall information that you have previously learned, that is known as retroactive interference. So essentially moral of the story yesterday is that the next time you cannot remember something or recall something and someone is waiting on you, you should not say, I can't remember it, just uh, in a pedantic way, <laughs> just say, you know what, I'm, 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 I'm experiencing uh, retroactive interference right now. And, and just see what they say. Uh, I have not done this yet uh, in real life, but I fully intend to make the rest of my life a quest and mission to simply befuddle people whenever I'm trying to recall something. And I just simply say that, well, I'm experiencing retroactive interference right now. <laughs> So I, I hope you uh, join me in this mission to uh, befuddle <laughs> uh, uh, any and all homo sapiens uh, who come into your path uh, while you're trying to remember something uh, for no reason whatsoever other than to, well, get a rise out of it and get a kick out of it and, well, channel your inner Stewie Griffin persona that we all strive for, especially my listeners of this show, meaning yourself. And if that's not you, then quite frankly, stop listening to me, okay? <sighs> anyway, there's a second type of interference that prevents one from thinking clearly. And this is what I'm going to share with you today. This second type of interference is called proactive interference. Now, let me give you a little bit of context on how to think about proactive interference. And this concept derives from a fundamental book that a scholar who specializes in human memory wrote about human memory and in the physical written or even digital published version of this work in this book that I am currently working on I will of course include the footnote to it which is on page seven of this excellent book and yes Perhaps even at some point, I will create a way for you to ensure that you get a very early bird spot or whatever, I don't know, 
either an email sign up and look, I'm, I'm supposed to be amazing at this type of stuff, like, you know, creating email signups and forms and all that stuff. And I can do it. I just, now that I can do it and now that I know the whole process of like online digital marketing, marketing, essentially, I, of course, am quite bored of the same old, same old. So instead, if you would like to receive a free physical signed copy of the book whenever I release it, because you are a very, very early listener of this podcast, I have decided to pledge to send it to you for free. I will cover the shipping cost. I will essentially take the money that is supposed to be allocated to Brodus and Fiona's fancy feast every single month, and I will reallocate it to cover the shipping costs of my dear listener and friend listening to this right now. And I hope you go to bed at night when you receive the book thinking about Mr. Brodus not being able to thoroughly enjoy his Fancy Feast Gravy Lovers edition that night. So thank you very much. Anyway, what I want you to do is actually send me and yeah, on a, on a three by five inch card or a four by six inch card, an actual freaking letter handwritten to my actual freaking office where I will read it. I commit to even perhaps responding to you. And on this four by six inch card or three by five inch card, I want you to put your name, your mailing address, and put your phone number in there as well. And hell, also even your email if you feel like it. The number one thing I need though from you is your mailing address so that I can actually ship you the book signed for free. And if you're lucky, maybe even write to you, correspond with you. And together, we shall create an analog freaking revolution. Anyway, here's how you send me and get on a free sign up, whatever list for the physical version of my book. Write to me at my address, address it to Scott Shepper, and you can figure out how to spell my name because it's right in front of you on a, the podcast, or if you're driving, then, you know, basically pull to the side of the, pull to the side of a shoulder of the freeway, even if it's insanely super busy right now. And what I want you to do is address this letter to 600 West Broadway. And under that put Suite, S-U-I-T-E, 700, and under that put San Diego, comma, California, 92101. And for doing that, you have officially joined the Shempire and the weirdest revolution you'll ever join, which is, well, essentially an anachronistic one about going against the digital grain, yet not for religious beliefs or because I'm like secretly an Amish warrior trying to recruit you to his ways, <laughs> um, <laughs> which is essentially what Brodus 
suspects I'm up to. But yeah, you will officially join me and I will be able to, to essentially correspond with you and provide you with the best freaking content that will sharpen your mind that you will ever encounter or come across in your life. And I guarantee that or I will quadruple your freaking money back, which since you're not sending me any money, um, I'm comfortable with that. And all right. So after that little tangent, here is what I would like to tell you about. Stick with me. We just got into proactive interference. I'm actually going to tell you what the hell it is now. So you've probably heard the expression involving the notion of being your own worst enemy. And this is often due to your own false beliefs that you carry with you, around with you. And this isn't just a notion. This isn't just a life philosophy, feel-good principle that you can, well, post on your Instagram story or tweet out and get some likes. No. This is actually reality. You see, you carry information with you wherever you go. You carry facts with you wherever you go. F-A-C-T-S. And you also carry with you your beliefs. You don't need a computer to actually look up what your beliefs are, right? You kind of carry it with you, uh, especially through your actions. And Hey, Scott Shepard here. Real quick, this podcast is sponsored by me. Yes, me, Sir Scott of Shepherd. I am committed to never shilling some dildo hipster crappy freaking product like all the other podcasters do. All right? My only ask, however, is that you spend 10 seconds right now. Literally pull to the side of the freaking road, the freeway. Stop. And rate and review this podcast. Share it with a friend. This will help me spread my movement. You see, I want to create an army of 1,000 independent writers, creators, and thinkers who get to spend their days writing and creating using analog tools while making multiple six figures if they even need to, and more importantly, building a tribe of people that they were called to build, okay? And I want you to rate and review this podcast because it will directly help me in this mission. That's all I ask. All right. Now back to the regularly scheduled program. Peace. Much of your beliefs, much of your information, much of the facts that you rely on, rely on your memory. That is why the memory-based cognitive fallacies are such a huge component of the field of cognitive biases, right? And your poor memory has to frickin' support it and is expected to support it. And you're not able to actually sit down with it, communicate with it, develop it, evolve it, and redevelop it and re-evolve it. That is what we are left with, unless you are Vitalik Buterin, uh, the co-founder of Ethereum, and you know is essentially an extraterrestrial being with an extraterrestrial 
brain. Uh, or if you're Sam Bankman-Fried, who is another crypto boy who owns FTX. And, well, this is not financial advice, but essentially I want you to, uh, you know, shout out your wife to, hey, honey, we're going to liquidate everything. We're going to liquidate the RV, everything. And we're going to throw it into Ethereum, FTT, which is the FTX token, and Solana, token symbol SOL. And honey, here's why we're doing this. It's because staying at the stardust, that's the old us. We don't do that anymore. Once these two cryptos hit, and by two I mean three, hell, we're going to be able to stay at a suite in the Flamingo. So that is the conversation I want you to have with your uh, spouse or significant other. Uh, immediately after this show ends. And once again, hashtag disclaimer, this is not financial advice. Uh, I eat crayons and make ape-like decisions on an everyday basis, especially regarding financial decisions. So with that disclaimer out of the way, we can now carry on with the content. And thankfully, there is not one sponsor on this planet that is interested in well, sponsoring a a show wherein some dude every single day talks about writing by hand on note cards and about you know essentially using manscape on his cat brodus's balls in order to result in shorn testicles right brodus He's wagging his tail. I think he secretly liked that. And by the way, I'm kidding to all the PETA listeners out there. I did not put a manscape uh, freaking shaver thing on my cat's balls. God, yeah. Anyways, there's an example of why I do not have any sponsors, nor do I even freaking want any sponsors. You know, take your money and freaking go bother someone else with it. And I actually am serious about that. But anyways, all right. So... We were talking about memory and proactive interference. But here's the problem, and we're almost done. I'm almost getting you to the punchline and the main point. So thank you for bearing with me through all of those completely necessary interludes. You see, the problem is that... Oh, my God. Sorry. Uh, I put my headphones down. Siri just popped into my eardrums because I was I forgot that I was wearing my AirPods and she scared the living bejesus out of me. Um, uh, anyways, okay. So, <laughs> um, yeah, if you think this is bad, you guys do not want to listen to the the unedited version. I'm just kidding. This is all unedited because, man, I'm real with you. All right, so... We're talking about proactive interference. Now, proactive interference is unlike retroactive interference. Retroactive, of course, you remember, is information that you do not remember. It's information that you do not recall. It's information that you forget, that you've already learned, right? So what is proactive interference? Well, proactive interference relates to the concept that I was just getting to, 
you know, you carry with you beliefs, right? Perhaps even false beliefs. And the problem is, is that your memory may have filled in gaps or assumptions with oversimplified parts to support the whole. Meaning there's a concept and it goes back to Greek philosophy of the whole part theory. And that's actually really, really, really interesting to look into. Um, and that's whole W-H-O-L-E, you know, not Brodus's B-hole, right? And then part, W-H-O-L-E, part theory. And essentially, a lot of your beliefs and information and action is based on a lot of individual parts that are strung together and that comprise and create the, the whole, okay? And these parts go unquestioned and unanalyzed, and they prevent new, deeper, elevated learning. So essentially, it is not just the information that you forget that prevents learning. It is the information the false beliefs and information that you currently hold that go for years and years and years, decades even, completely unquestioned and unanalyzed. And what Lumen has found, and this is the power of the anti-net Zettelkasten, is that a lot of your thoughts will evolve and change over time. And that's why it's important to not put it put your notes in a digital format wherein you can like edit, delete files, anything. You want it in permanent format wherein you're adding one after the other after the other, right? So let's say you hold an opinion and a thought about A, right? And later on, when going through and searching like an explorer, which is a lot more fun than, you know, searching for something, it's a lot more fun to just or forcing yourself to review something. It's a lot more fun to just go on a quest and explore and try to find something, uh, which uh, may have sounded confusing, but whatever. The book, digital version of this is going to be a lot simpler. Okay. So imagine you have an idea about A, and then your idea changes about A, and you realize that your idea or opinion has changed about a, because, well, you have changed and you have a new perspective and you're in a, you know, let's say five years later, you're looking at A and what you wrote in your own handwriting about A. Well, what you do, and this is what Lumen did, is you don't delete it. You don't update it. You don't like, you know, basically replace it with a, a new card. What you do is you add an updated card behind it, and you explicitly say, I no longer believe in A because of this, this, and this, and then go into it. And that way, forever, you can have the historical record of your thoughts, your brain evolving over time. Because what ends up happening if you just delete something and then move on, you'll forget that you actually deleted it, and you may revert back to the previous thought. So this is a very important thing that Lumen did not forecast, he did not foresee when he created his anti-net. 
And that is all I'm going to say because I got to run right now. I'm going to go, um, well, I'm going to th- go throw around weights and um, just be a complete ape and brute so I can take my ape and brutish uh, financial decision-making tendencies with me throughout the rest of the day. And by that, I'm kind of kidding and tongue-in-cheek because I've quite literally in the crypto market lately have almost, I don't know, doubled my net worth in the past year. How? Well, it's simple. I freaking threw money at crypto, ate crayons, and just continued to speculate like an ape. So with that said, thank you for tuning in, and I'll see you tomorrow. We're going to cover something even crazier and more deep on this topic. Without further ado, Scott Shepard signing off at 519 Post Meridium, but not first with my parting words to always remind you to stay crispy, my friend. Peace and love. Hey, real quick. This podcast was made possible by my sponsor, which is me. Yes, frickin' me, Sir Scott of Shepherd. You see, I am committed to never shilling some dildo-freaking-hipster-crappy product like all the other podcasters do, all right? So my only ask is that you spend 10 seconds right now, pull to the side of the road, even if you're on the frickin' freeway, and rate and review this podcast. Then share it with a friend. That's my only ask. You see, this will help spread my movement. I want to create an army of 1,000 independent writers, creators, and thinkers who get to spend their days doing what they love, writing, creating, thinking, and taking notes using analog tools, while also making multiple six figures if they even choose to. And more importantly, I want to help my people build a tribe, a tribe of people that they were meant to serve. And so by rating and reviewing this podcast right now, you will directly help me and many others in achieving this mission. Peace.